0: I'm Zach, and one day I'm going to make movies, but right now I'm young, dumb, and not nearly as good looking as my co hosts. So, with the help of. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. I'm Steven. I'm going to learn what makes a movie great by watching all the classics I've skipped over. So, pop the corn and turn your cell phone to silent because it's time for a new episode of Zach on Film. And welcome to a new issue, podcast numbering of Zach on Film. As we take a look at the 1982 coming-of-age teen comedy Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Hi, Zach. Hello, Stephen. So I take it that you've spent
1: time studying the Fast Times at the Ridgemont High?
0: I would... I mean, I crammed at the last second. Yeah, certain part. I it studied. No, no actually, though. I watched it last Friday. Oh, really? Well, you yeah. watched
1: it... I watched it again on Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Sunday night. Yeah. No, no, Monday night. I watched it last night, so... Oh, cool. Um... Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a refresher to go back every once in a while to movies that you loved and get to see them again. And I say it just like we said last time about uh, The Breakfast Club. So much of it I remember. And then there's so much going back and looking at this again that, oh, I forgot about that part. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, although Matthew and I will probably drop into uh, some Mr. Hans Spicoli conversations later on. (laughs)
2: Yeah, and it won't be part of the show either. It won't be <laughs> actually, that will be our that's our daily interaction. What, what Matthew
1: suppose. doesn't know is I'm going to show up at the end of uh end of the night knocking on his door and say, uh, Mr. Peterson, you have wasted exactly eight hours of my time. <laughs> we are going to sit down and talk about the Platt Amendment.
2: I still want to know why all the pictures on my wall are blurred out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, see, that's one of the things. There's a lot more. There's a lot more nudity in this nudity. film yeah. than I forget what the last nudity laden film we had you watch was.
0: Animal House. We're Animal, House. Animal yeah, House. Yeah.
1: There's a lot more nudity in this movie than in Animal
0: House. Yes. I
1: um, think so. And especially in Spagoli's room where he's got, you know, the Playboy centerfolds plastered all over his wall.
0: Yeah. I love, and I love at that end of that scene when he's walking out, it's like he finally notices, yeah. like, oh, there's naked women all over this
1: place. <laughs> and then he just shakes his head. <laughs> and so, uh, Rodrigo, when did you first watch Fast Times at R- Ridgemont High?
3: I probably the first time I saw it, I was probably around 12 years old um, and it was they aired it fairly regularly on the I want to say Fox affiliate oh, of yeah. uh, back when I lived in Los Angeles. Like that, you know how you know how like local channels have like that one weekend that movie that they, show you know, that over and they play over and over again. Yes,
2: yeah, and that's Spaceballs. Yeah. Fast, Space
3: Times, Fast Times was one, one of, of them, Balls, Balls. Um, and there were a couple other ones that were like actually the Magnificent Seven was another one of them. Yeah, yeah. And they just aired constantly.
1: Do you remember? So you got to see edited version. Born I mean, you in had East LA. Stuff. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so you got to see it all blurred out with all the words taken out with, you know, mm-hmm. really nothing going with, on as far as the, the sex department. With the, uh,
3: yes, with the uh, sex fantasy scene very chopped up. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, and, I,
1: and that's what that's the weird thing is if you watch that edited for like the TBS version, it's just like so weird to see. Yeah. That is, it almost doesn't come off as a fantasy because it's the way it's edited. It's almost like mm-hmm. this really happened. And then suddenly he's in the bathroom and that doesn't make <laughs> any sense. And, um, yeah, so that's pretty weird. I th- I think for me, I think I saw this on probably channel 41, Matthew, yep. uh, oh, yeah. cause I know it wasn't in, I know I didn't see it in, uh, in college, but I think I do remember seeing this. Well, maybe not. Cause geez, it probably wouldn't have been on regular television by 89, it was. It was, wasn't it? Okay.
2: Yeah, it was. It was one of those movies that kind of quickly made it into rotation. I don't know that it was particularly highly regarded at the time that it came out. Right. I mean it was it was a movie and people th- were like, Ooh, yeah, this sure is a movie, and it was a movie. But back then things had a different turnaround too. I mean, you yeah, could yeah. have a movie a year or two old all of a sudden show up in common rotation on TBS. Yeah. That's how a Christmas story became a thing.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Now, how did you? When did you first start watching this movie? I remember clearly. I did was. 14 you, did you see it in years the
2: theater? Old. No, God no. Well, I was 14 years old, and my friend the Stork and I knew a guy, and I can't remember if it was his cousin or whatever, but he ran the VHS. Well, he worked weekends at the VHS rental place down by the river. Down by the river. And we would go down there and you could rent it. But here's the thing about watching it on VHS. Even by that time, which would have been 1984, 85, there's a certain portion of the film that was really worn out from backing oh, up sure. and replaying <laughs> and backing up. Which you is really weird. You could almost not see anything of Phoebe Cates.
1: Which is really weird so because Phoebe Cates is topless for that one eight second tracking shot.
2: Yeah, right. But it's the climbing Jennifer, out of the
1: pool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But Jennifer Jason Lee is like topless, like two or three times throughout the movie. Yeah. And yeah. everybody always goes back to the Phoebe Kate scene, uh, to parody, to spoof, to, you know, reimagine again Jennifer and again, to Jason rewind Lee. again and again and again and again.
2: Part and of again. that is because of the structure of the film. Jennifer Jason Lee and Rat, I don't know the, the actor's name are the entry-level characters. Right, right, right. And Stacy and Damone are supposed to be the ones who are wanting to try and be like the kids in the movies. And in that sequence, when he's like, oh, I'm, oh and he's imagining her, he's buying into her trying to build her little identity. I'm doing Zach's homework now, aren't I? Anyway, no. <laughs> she's trying to put herself off as being grown up and worldly and a, an adult, mature girl. And that's what Brad's tuning into when he's um, fantasizing. What's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, banging the drums slowly. Yes. <laughs> but uh, that's, I mean, that's why that scene sticks is because it is so clearly a movie-driven fantasy
1: sequence. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I can picture it right now. No, so on. can I. Um, so what's interesting about this film, and again, I didn't realize it until years later. Zach, have you seen the movie um, Almost Famous? It's about the kid who follows the rock band around the country because he's got a job writing for I'm Rolling Stones. Uh, I
0: don't think so. Oh,
1: that's a good one. That is a good one. He
2: was he was eight when that movie came out.
1: Probably.
0: Uh, according I'm to kidding. IMDb, I was nope nine.
3: <laughs> oh, good job, Matthew.
0: So, uh, so hey, almost
3: man, famous.
1: So almost famous tells the story about this kid who goes to work for Rolling Stone and follow this band around uh, on their big tour and mm. write a big story. He's going to write a big feature for Rolling Stone. And it's a band that, uh, who are they in real life, Matthew? Um, oh, God, Leonard Skinner. Remember. Is it Leonard Skinner? Was it? It may have been uh, Skinner.
2: It was somebody in that. It's sort one of those. It's one southern of Southern rock. vein. Yeah, yeah. It was the Almond Brothers.
1: Almond Brothers. Okay. Know. Well, go look it up real know. quick. Go look it up. But anyway, Uh, It's based on a true story of Cameron Crowe and what he did in getting this gig for Rolling Stone. Mm. Well, turns out while he was working for Rolling Stone, he still looked relatively young and said, hey, here's an idea, Rolling Stone. How about I go into a high school pretending to be a high school student and give you an expose on what's really going on at the high school at this time of year? Oh, it was the Almond Brothers. Go for it. There you go, Almond Brothers. Um, So... Crow went undercover at Claremont High School in San Diego, California, and wrote about the experiences, which later got picked up and turned into this movie, directed by Amy Heckerling. (laughs) So what'd you think, Zach? Give us a rundown of the story and and what kind of goes on. And most importantly, what we're going to get into this week is a compare and contrast with our last coming-of-age film, Breakfast Club.
0: Club. Right, so Fast Times at Ridgemont High is basically kind of set up in vignettes I would say about kids in high school and it takes place over the course of an entire school year and their oh, exploration of life but done mainly through a sex and some and in some characters drugs point of view hmm and then um there's are basically two characters uh Stacy and um Mike nope not Mike Mark Rats. Mark yeah Rat who yeah. are I believe freshmen or sophomores sophomores, sophomores yeah. and they are wanting to get into the sex scene and Linda. figure out all that good jazz and yeah. so then Sorry they'll...
2: I'm just thinking about Linda again. <laughs>
0: Jeez. Um and so it's about them taking it ad- taking advice from their friends and um. Yeah, trying to have sex, and then yeah, you know what's really characters also.
1: It's really weird, and and Adam Carolla talks about this on his podcast a lot. If you ever listen to him, he's like, there was this time period, right when, right when the disco era was dying, but right before AIDS became a deal, that he always is like, that's the best time to live because <laughs> it was just drugs and sex, drugs and sex, drugs and sex, and this falls right in that. That time period, Mm -hmm. 1980 to 82 uh, time period of when it was just let's get let's have sex and let's get high and let's have some crazy adventures and supposedly based on some factual events. Right. Um, So, yeah, it is a little bit different from a movie that takes place four years later uh, up in Illinois Mm -hmm. where, yeah, the drugs are still present, but the emphasis on sex, I don't think, was as as prevalent. Uh, that we saw. No. In, well, certainly references to it about being a virgin or not being a virgin. But certainly we didn't see anybody getting it on right. uh, in that film. Certainly not on a Saturday morning. Today maybe that might be a little different. Um, so what do you notice? Give us some compare and contrast between this movie as a coming of age film yeah. for Stacy and for Rat compared to The Breakfast Club.
0: Yes, yeah, so I was thinking about it and it seemed to me watching these both once through that breakfast club dealt more with the kids dealing with authority and their place in life and how um, the cards they've been dealt through family situations and social uh, groups and how they deal with those. And basically, I mean, somewhat, trying to rebel against authority and parental guidance and stuff. And then to me, uh, Fast Times at Rangemont High was more about kids trying to be accepted um, by their peer groups and taking leads from them directly and not trying to act out against their parents, but more trying to um, fit in and take cues from those older in the high school
1: Okay. It's got a ring to it. Sounds about right, Rodrigo, right? Are we missing Uh, something?
3: I think, well, I think the the focus is different. I think that um, the Breakfast Club is asking the question, who am I? And Fast Times is asking the question, how do I get what I want? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which is which are which are very close very similar and that's why they're both coming of age movies but it, it it leaves you with a very different product you know the the kids from the breakfast club are trying to kind of cement their identities the kids from fast times a lot of the time are perfectly willing to abandon their identities to get laid
2: yeah
1: interesting um yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, it, it, they are so very different films, but still fitting into this teenage, uh-huh. into this teenage genre. Uh, well, I mean, it,
0: it's still um teenage life. I mean, t- kids, and um, I'm the closest uh out of this group to being a teenager, uh-huh. and most of my friends, some of them are actually well, still teenagers. Age, I don't know about actual. <laughs> but there are, I mean, there's... um. Sex is always big in high school and trying to figure that out and um, how that's going to affect your life and what it means and how to deal with it is always a a pretty big part of high school. And then just uh, with your friends and your people you interact with on a daily basis. But there's also that other kind of, I would say, uh, maybe not deeper, but kind of emotionally deeper side Mm -hmm. of of growing up and mm-hmm. figuring out stuff. So, um, let me ask you this. What role does the mall play
1: in this story?
0: Uh, like a breeding ground of <laughs> <Okay>. kids.
1: <laughs> all right. For for
2: <laughs> all sorts of diseases. You
1: know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're you're kind of right. It's it's kind of that breeding ground because and I don't know where kids go today. It's certainly not Arthamall. Not Mall. no. Have you been to a Dude, big have mall? Have you been to your oh, mall? Oh, yeah. I haven't been to Mall. Well, actually, I did go to Mall this uh, past weekend because I had to buy two shirts mm. at an outrageous price, I might add. <laughs> of course. Uh, apparently, big and tall man sizes uh, cost you quite a bit more.
0: The only point to ever go to Mall is for Chinese. Yes. Which is, is not a, even real Chinese. There is a... It's not. But that I
3: do not think It's so. still good.
2: There is an oh, inexpensive big no, it's, it's and store next to a Chinese restaurant. In <laughs> yeah. I can it's, drive past. It's, it's
3: definitely not uh, not real Chinese in, in, in the in the sense that it's you know fast food Chinese. Right, I, right. I would yeah. say that.
1: Yeah,
3: I see what you're saying. I, no, but but do you realize that most Chinese places are not real Chinese? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes, all yes, right. Yes. All right. Okay. Good, all
1: right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yes.
3: Wait. Okay. Wait. Wait.
1: How does that go? most Chinese places are not. Oh my Chinese God. Places. No. Um, well, you know, the mall and I forget what movie it is. We're, we're going to go to the mall. Why? Because the mall has it all. The mall is that place where you go to be seen the place where you go and hang out the place where you go and socialize because you're not around mom and dad mm-hmm. and you really that's don't have anywhere rats. else to go to. Is yeah, it mall That's mall Okay. Um, and that's really why the mall plays a big role in this because everybody's working at the mall during their break times. They're interacting with one another um, the mall is depending on what part of the mall you're in kind of designates your social status, right? Because mm-hmm. here is, um, uh, Phoebe Cates working at the pizza place. And that is the hot bed of, uh, of where people are going. All the hot girls work there. Jennifer Jason Lee doesn't think that she, as uh Stacy doesn't feel like she is meant to be at that high status. And then you look at Mark Rat- Ratner, who is the, um, um, the ticket taker, the usher, the or, usher. Yeah, the usher, at the movie theater and he complains that oh I'm way on the other end of the mall I've been relegated to some other status and then mm-hmm. somewhere in between the food court and the movie theater is the arcade and that's kind of this melting pot where you're going to see sometimes you know you might think it as a Mos Eisley uh spaceport you know uh, yeah. <laughs> a den of of scum and villainy right because you're going to get the stoners you're going to get the scalpers you're going to get the athletes and you're getting people who are just there to have fun playing Video games. And, you know, so the mall can kind of be seen as that as that class system as well and how people interact uh, through that mall system. Uh, I find it interesting, too. And this is something that even today I still have to wrap my head around is. And it's, there's some other people who probably have kids enrolled in California schools is the fact that they go longer. So in the year yeah. than other schools, Yeah, Uh, than other school systems. And um, I I remember when I lived there, it was like middle of June. I'm like, why are kids still in school? Shouldn't they be going out? And then uh, one of my friends said, no, we have, you know, like these breaks that take, you know, two or three weeks and then we go back and then it's longer. Um, But that still amazes me at the end of the film where it's like the final exam is on June 3rd. And it's like, man, we've been out of school for weeks by that time. (laughs) Um, The other thing that surprises me, and this may be a little bit of um, creative license in that the football game is going on well into December and January in this movie. If you think about it, yeah. Christmas has already occurred, and then the big game comes uh, where they wreck the car and get and get, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and get uh, Charles uh, Jefferson all fired up to beat things up, which is also a little bit weird for me.
3: Well, I mean, if they make it into the postseason.
1: Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess they could be going that long, right? Although
3: they, they probably wouldn't be playing their rivals. Right. Yeah. In the postseason. Right. Because it would have presumably already eliminated them. I don't know.
1: Somebody from California will explain that part of yes. the movie to us, I am sure. The other thing that really is surprising is the actors that we see in this film Sean Penn, <laughs> yeah. Sean Penn as Jeff Spicoli is probably, and I don't even, I haven't even looked uh, recently to see what Sean Penn's uh, thoughts are, reflections back to Jeff Spicoli. He may be at that point where he's like, denies he even was in the movie mm-hmm. um jennifer jason lee she's played in a couple of uh things that i think people would know judge reinhold um
3: yeah. in every movie in the 90s yeah judge <laughs> reinhold, yeah
1: um robert
3: actual judge
1: now. robert Romanus as mike debone the only other thing i've ever seen him in was in the rockford files as a new jersey kid who wants to come out and be a mobster that's I saw only- him
2: in another movie basically playing Damone, but I can't for the life of me what, remember what the movie was.
1: Uh, Brian Backer. Wasn't sh- he on MacGyver? He may have been. Who knows? Um, Brian Backer was in Meatballs uh, long before this movie came out. Um, last thing that he was in was in a movie called Vamps in 2012. Uh, mm-hmm. But then we get in some real cool ones. Uh, Phoebe Cates, of course, has been around for a long time. Ray Walston, many people at this point know him as my favorite Martian. Mm-hmm. Um, Vincent Chevalier, some people I think knew him, but he doesn't become more important until Ghost, the movie Ghost, comes out because right. he plays the ghost that teaches, uh, what's his name, how to how to interact with objects? Nicolas Cage. No, no. not Nicolas Cage. Um, uh,
2: Roadhouse. Yes. Patrick Swayze. Patrick yes. Swayze. Yeah, Roadhouse. He teaches Roadhouse.
1: Still the thing that surprises me, still today when I see it is, Forrest Whitaker is in this movie. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) A teenage Forrest Whitaker. (laughs) And then, of course, you've got Nick Cage, Anthony Edwards, and Eric Stoltz as Spicoli's buds. The unnamed stoners. I love looking at those, those like, whoa, what? Yeah, so in the in the scene when they go into All-American Burger at the beginning, mm-hmm. and we see his friends that are taking off shirts. So Eric Stoltz, you would see him later in Mask, right? Or he was going to be in Mask. He was also going to be in uh, Back to the Future, I believe, and then get He was in that. Mask. He was cast as Marty McFly. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 that's right. Didn't make it. Anthony Edwards, of course, uh, from uh, Top Gun and uh, Revenge of the Nerds. ER. just ER. got then, the show
2: uh, canceled off of TBS or something.
1: And then this guy named uh, Nicholas Coppola... Little Nicky Coppola. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Who would later go on to uh, play Ghost Rider and Ghost Rider 2.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Changed his name, though. Uh, he took he took yeah. the name of his favorite comic book character.
1: Yeah, Nicholas Cage. And now you know the rest of this. So it's, it's always fun to see these actors, you know, win. Mm-hmm. You know, remember when the first appearance of these yeah. characters occurred.
2: There are like five Academy Awards just waiting in the wings of this movie. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what'd you think about this
2: movie? Didn't get them, but (laughs) no, no, no. (laughs)
1: What'd you, what'd you think about the acting, uh, Zach? Um, are they believable in their roles?
0: Yeah. Yeah, they are. Hey, listen, (laughs) (laughs) that's my head. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he was definitely, oh, one of the wackier characters that teeters on, partially unbelievable yeah um but i live in kansas and i don't see very many surfers so yeah but you see stoners though i do see stoners <laughs> that's true that's true i see stone people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then uh as zach's leaving the ring rolls on the floor oh my god he's been stoned this entire time it's a reference to the sixth Sense. i see stone people <laughs> anyway yeah, are you implying be- that zach None no, no, of oh, that. No. no, what? Anyway.
2: That explains the condom up the nose. <laughs> that was only once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Rodrigo, acting.
3: Acting. Acting. Uh it's it's all pretty believable, right down to feeling really skeevy at seeing all these topless fifteen year old girls um you know everybody does like acts and looks like a high school kid yeah, yeah and yeah. i was that is surprising you know when you see movies high school movies from the 90s and 2000s where everybody is clearly 27 you know going back and seeing these kids who really really do look like kids like they're not done growing up yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um is pretty good and they eat I don't know. I, I think in general, everybody seems to have this like r- real palpable awkwardness. Even, especially, and 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 I think that Phoebe Cates and um, I forget the other guy's name, the the, um, the guy who plays the scalper. They yeah. do a really those two do a really great job of conveying someone who thinks of themselves as worldly. But mm-hmm. really aren't mm-hmm. in the context of the story. Mm-hmm. You know? Like somebody who says wise and sage things or they think they are, but you can tell that there's something that they don't that there are things about the world that they don't understand. Yeah. And that might be because they were pretty young at the time, but that's either good acting or good acting and good directing.
1: So Jennifer Jason Lee, who plays Stacy, would have just been twenty when the movie was released. So she was probably mm-hmm. nineteen when the mm-hmm. film was being was being made
2: yeah. yeah she's a year older than phoebe case yeah so phoebe,
1: so phoebe would have probably been 18, about 18 90.
2: now bob mm-hmm. Romanus, who played uh, damon was damn near 30 when they
1: made this movie yeah does, this, does that bother you guys whenever they have people that obviously i mean i guess to yeah. me growing up every kid in a movie always seemed much older than they looked right because they were oh, right sure. yeah sure. but you know we look at um And then again, when I go back and look at yearbooks from that same time period, I'm like, these guys look like they're 35, you know. (laughs) But then today I look at these movies and I'm and I it doesn't affect me as much. I look at them and say, oh, well, that's somebody that's Zach's age or, you know, Mm -hmm. that's somebody that's so so and so's age. You know, I don't. And maybe that is it. But it didn't really bother me that that much. I just Mm -hmm. assume that, oh, all kids look like that. Yeah.
2: Our expectation of age, I think, is another one of those things that's based Uh on what we're what we're exposed to. And when I was in high school, my best friend was – and I am crapping you negative on this – a 16-year-old blonde who was part Native American and I swear to God looked like a porn star stripper at the age of 15 <laughs> and 16.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And when I would go and people would say, I've never seen girls who look like that in my high school, I'm like, oh, I, I know one. She yeah. does, she ain't in love with me, but you know, I know one. And <laughs> yeah, I think that –
3: and I, and I think that's that's an important aspect of it. Is that there are kids who develop early, there are kids who don't develop until they're in college. And you know, if going through my yearbook, I remember there was this kid who was probably like four or five, and his freshman, like our freshman year, and the next year he came back and he was like six five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. just over the summer. And it's crazy when people hit their growth spurts or, you know, start growing facial hair and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Most well, most of the most of the seniors in my school had full-on bushy mustaches. I mean, mm-hmm. Rodrigo-esque, <laughs> Rodrigo-esque facial hair.
3: Right.
2: Because they knew. Well, and think about this. The Breakfast Club last year was, what, 84? 85, 85 yeah, something right. like that, yeah. Okay, so Anthony Michael Hall is in that, looking the weedy kid. In Edward Scissorhands, six years later, he's grown up to become Judd Nelson. And he's the big meathead muscle bound guy. Yeah. In the you know, same actor. He was what, twenty during The Breakfast Club and twenty five during Edward Scissorhands? I mean, there are people who can get almost into their thirties. What is Alison Bree? Like thirty years old? And she still plays a convincible twenty one, twenty two? Right. You know, well, it's, I mean yeah. you
1: can look at the same way if you look at friends with um uh, what's her name, um, who had to be well into her 40s. Yeah, Phoebe. No, no, no. Well, Phoebe, but uh, the brunette from the Springsteen video. Um, Jennifer Aniston? No, not Jennifer Aniston. The other one.
2: The other one. The other one Monica. Monica. Monica yeah, the, Cougar town. Yeah, yeah oh, Cougar town girl. From Misfits of Science?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> She's like, you know... She's, uh, She's she was old. like forty plus something in that in that show, and she was supposed to be playing. No, she a, wasn't. Yeah, she was. She's pretty close. Oh, no, she wasn't. Pretty close. She was not playing her age type. Um, she was Courtney
2: not Cox. forty. She was born in nineteen
0: sixty four. Courtney Cox.
1: Yes, Courtney Cox. That's who we're talking about. But um, I don't know. I don't know if it. Bo- I mean, it doesn't bother me as long as the acting is there. To um, if they're not playing exactly yeah. on type. Because wasn't uh, isn't um, Pink Ranger? She was well beyond high school age when she was in Power Rangers.
2: Amy Johnson. I don't know that they were. Um, I really? think that the youngest of them was like nineteen. Amy Jo Johnson would have been maybe twenty one, twenty
1: two. Yeah, yeah. Playing
3: because she's the 15, same age 16. we are. Yeah, yeah. And that's and and that's the and that's the thing is you get into this like oh he looks like he's in high school or she doesn't look like she's in high school. But in the end, you know, these guys are actors. I mean, yeah. look it's their at, job. Look, well, look at Sean Penn. Look yes. at every face that Sean Penn puts on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Now, going back to what you said, though, Rodrigo, I remember watching this originally and then getting to see all the the naughty bits uh, when my friend had HBO and it happened to be on HBO late night. Oh. Um. Didn't think a big deal about the nudity then, but this time when I watched it, I was like,
0: "Oh yes.
3: hey, you
1: know what? These kids are in high school. Yeah, And I and I felt the exact same way, even though you, you're right, Matthew um, uh, Romanus, uh, Robert Romanus, yeah. who plays Mike, obviously not no. 19 years old yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or 18 years <laughs> old. I always
2: took him as being like that 22-year-old kid who never quite got out of high school and hung around a year or two longer than yeah, he should have. Yeah. All
1: right. So let's take a quick break here. Let us, uh, before we transition to some of the technical stuff, let's take a moment and thank those people who uh, made this episode happen.
2: I'll do it in my Zach voice. This week's episode of Zach on Film is brought to you by the the helpful associations of Alexander Atia. I love that name. George Mummert, Jonathan Mickelberg, Jim Croshaw. I'm sorry, my larynx was in pain there. Alexander Almeida. Who I think was on 24. Justin Higgins, Robert Taylor, Marco Selmo, Matthew Jones. Is that Jones? Uh, Jones. And George White. <laughs> proud.
1: They're proud something. The proud spoiler ice right all. There we go. Oh, of Zach. Oh, you got to love yes. these technical
2: proud,
0: difficulties. Proud, <laughs> proud,
3: proud M-
1: Music, Zach. Yeah. Tell me about the music.
0: Music was very upbeat and poppy. Anything what? else? <laughs>
2: uh, it got
0: sad at one point. <laughs>
2: I hate you so much, Zach.
3: <laughs> Matthew, please educate you young please, Zach please, on please, the
2: so music of Fast Times and Ridgemont. First of all, please. it wasn't really sad. It was like super sad. Oh my bad. And second of all, this is another one, and I think much like Animal House, the music used here is music designed to just kind of grab a zeitgeist and stuff it in your face. Because so many of these songs are now at least for, you know, those of us who are around, these are the songs that define our lives. Right. The the living in stereo when Phoebe Cates is walking and reaching for the clasp on her bikini. That song is now associated with masturbation fantasies to the point where I can name two or three different places where I've seen it in other contexts used specifically to call back to that moment. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's not a like a, a great deal of super iconic. Don't you forget about me's here. Right. Mm-hmm. But all of the music is. Oh, so very eighties. This is another one where I think that. This movie is so early '80s that it is actually superseded what the early '80s were really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You well, know, kind of like that Saturday Night Fever vibe, where I don't know if that ever actually happened, but that's what people think of when they think of
1: 1983. Uh, Rodrigo, anything else you want to add to uh, the music conversation? This music is a little bit older than you are,
3: uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. but I think personally that again, when we're talking about time periods. This is music that is just like with um, Animal House. Mm-hmm. This is music that defines that period, and you see Go Go's and Tom Petty and Led Zeppelin. All this mm-hmm. stuff is mm-hmm. is just right on track for that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I- I'm sure you guys have watched the the Wedding Singer.
1: Oh yes, yes. Mm-hmm.
3: The Wedding Singer like beats you over the head with '80s music. Right, it's like this is the '80s. This is the '80s. This is, but you know, if you uh, listen to the fat, the 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 soundtrack for Fast Times at Ridgemont High, this is the '80s. Yeah, um, that's what we call music. Yeah, they've they've got you know, and and the thing about it is is that it's not just strictly super '80s stuff. You know, they've got some Stevie Nicks, for example, which mm-hmm. you know, Fleetwood Mac is is coming from a, a previous decade um into the 80s um and uh they do play that uh raised on the radio song mm-hmm. I don't know if they, they do they play it more than once cuz it, it got really stuck in my head
1: mm, I, I don't know about that I, I know, know that they played uh somebody's girl the Jackson mm-hmm. Brown song somebody's baby I know they played they that passed, a
2: lot wasn't that like Linda's theme
1: yes Or late motif. Stacey's theme, yeah. Uh, But raised on the radio, we're
2: gonna go get late motif.
1: (laughs) I think they only played that once.
2: Either way, man, it's hard to remember because sometimes your mind wants to tie things together. Yeah. So I'm going to say yes. You're right. You are right, Rodrigo. Correct.
1: A plus for you. Star. Correct. So what about the uh, what about the uh, cinematography, Zach? What do you notice that's different? About this film compared to maybe some other films that you've seen?
0: Hmm. Well. (laughs) <laughs> Why don't you tell me, ah, and I will man, confirm. It dropped a whole letter uh, grade
2: right there. Uh,
0: nothing, really, nothing a really whole stood out. Grade I, right there. I you had him, time, nothing really stood out. Lost him.
2: You're just like, dang it. Oh, so close.
1: A couple of things that I think uh, are are pretty important here to look at. Not very many setups, right? I mean, they're not doing a lot of coverage yeah, uh-huh. in, their, in their shots. When you're in a class, and Spicoli and Mr. Hand are having their conversation. You cut back to the classroom.
0: Yeah,
1: all the classroom cutaways to that wide shot are all from the same point of view. Are all from that door corner part of the room, uh, looking mm-hmm. back. Even the parts where he's telling him to come up and grab um, some pizza, you're not moving that ca- that camera too much further into the classroom past that door. Um, and then, also, not a lot of, of super close ups, except in those moments where it really matters. Right. Um, you know, the the close up is used for big impact where everything else is pretty much a medium shot uh, and wide shot throughout mm-hmm. the film so that you can capture the scope of this time period that we are talking about, which is what wide shots really should be used for. Landscapes, time periods, you know, that kind of stuff. Settings uh, type timescapes, environments,
3: land periods,
1: land periods, <laughs> timescapes, uh, the whole uh, land shark. Yes.
3: Street Time, timescape, also probably a pretty good movie from the eighties. <laughs> I, yeah. I watched band. that. Also a great
1: band. The other day, man. Um,
2: <laughs> my band is all Timescape.
1: Also, notice that you know, even though we're talking about Nicolas Cage and um, Eric Stoltz and Anthony Edwards, they're really cut. Off. I mean, they're nobodies at this point, right? Yeah. But look at how that that all American burger um, conversation goes and there's some weird framing in that because they're shooting on location, right? Mm-hmm. You, where you can't get these big cameras getting a lot of those angles that you want. Uh, I will say that I've been to that location. I've oh, been really? to that a hamburger restaurant. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> it's a hamburger. It's a hamburger,
1: it's a hamburger restaurant. Uh, and they do make a big deal. I have seen in fast times at Ridgemont high. <laughs> um, but um, had you been seeing Ridgemont high? Yes. Um, Uh oh. I think we lost Matthew. Oh, I think we lost Uh, everybody. No? I'm
0: here. I'm back. All right.
1: All right. Yeah, so many technical things this week. Um, Oh, sadly, All American Burger has been closed. Uh,
0: Closed, what, two years ago? Shoot. It's now an In and Out bringer. Yeah, probably. I'm going (laughs) to whine. Um,.
1: What else about this anything else uh, that stands out visually there Rodrigo or Matthew that you want to add as far as the shooting techniques go? I mean if you look, I mean if you're looking at just stark starkness of this film, mm-hmm. they're not they're not sugarcoating the imagery at all until you get into that dream sequence and then let's bloom this thing up, oh, let's yeah. have the water falling so that the sky lights up behind Phoebe and they really do that dream sequence yeah. well as far as a as a change in visual Visual. perspective of of the film
2: but what else notably so i think that one of the fascinating parts for me is the i don't know if i'd call it the plainness but the straightforwardness of the storytelling for lack of a better word makes it feel almost kind of documentary like like we weren't necessarily staging this we just stuck a camera in the corner of the room and this stuff with mr hand happened yeah yeah which i think that that kind of that naturalistic approach really adds to a the reason why it sticks with people because it feels like a memory. Uh did i tell you about this guy Spicoli i went to high school with but it also ties the whole thing together as i think more authentic not necessarily that removal that you have when you're watching a movie and it's clearly set in you know space or i don't know the power rangers laboratory whatever you're looking at.
3: And uh, if I may kind of uh, transition here, uh, aside from that, from the fact that basically it's all shot from that height of somebody who is either sitting there or standing there watching this, Mm -hmm. um, the editing also kind of makes it feel like a documentary. Um, Mm -hmm. There are no wipes or transitions or anything like that. And if you notice at the end of a lot of scenes, there are pauses like it's not Mm -hmm. like thing happens cut away to something else right right um there are not a lot of sound stingers in between either it's like thing happens awkward teenage pause next scene <laughs> <laughs> yep
1: well and you're right yeah. rodrigo i mean it is kind of takes a little bit of that documentary approach because true story right or yep. lifted from a yeah. true story so what Based about the editing how does that how does that tie into the editing zach I don't know Rodrigo, why don't you tell me and I'll see if I agree with you.
3: I think that Rodrigo probably knows this. I'm just gonna let him take it now. No. I'm sure I'm sure why are Zach, we talking like this. I'm sure Zach has some great insight about the editing.
0: Now Steven looks at me, condescendingly.
3: (laughs) I'm
1: not, I'm smiling, I'm sitting here (laughs) waiting for your answer. uh, It's not like I'm Mr. Hand knocking on your door and saying, Zach, we're going to sit down and watch this film together, and I'm going to point out everything in the film to you.
0: No, that's coming soon, Although we could, that would be coming soon, soon. yes. Editing uh, seemed to be pretty straightforward, cut back and forth like a conversation style, boom, boom, Mm -hmm. reaction Mm -hmm. shot, go to the class, Mm -hmm. go to... I would
1: would love to find out what the shooting ratio of this is Uh,
0: Just because I'm betting
1: that it is it is super low. I bet it's got to be a three to one, four to one ratio of and film ratio, the shooting ratio for people that don't know is the amount of film shot to the amount of film used because they don't they don't spare a lot of let's cut away to this. Let's cut away to that. Let's get this low angle. Let's get this high angle. This is very, you know, cut and dried. It, It almost seems very not. It almost seems formulaic where, hey, let's just get in and get this out. This is going to be a nothing of a movie. And let's just let's get it shot, chopped and up on the screen so that we can make some money off of these kids. Mm -hmm. Yet, you know, in 2005, Fast Times at Ridgemont High selected for preservation the United States National Film Registry of the Library of Congress for being culturally, historically or aesthetically significant. Mm
2: -hmm. And by aesthetically, they mean Phoebe Cates topless.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, there's I mean, there's something about that look. Of capturing that time
2: period. (laughs) I agree with you. I'm not arguing. Definitely. And you do have a point. And I think that, you know, I I mentioned it before, and I think it's still true, is these movies become the expectation that you have about what that time was like. Not just Zach, who wasn't alive then, but even you and I, who were 10 or 12. Fast Times at Ridgemont High feels like, to me, a movie about the 80s. It wasn't what I did in the 80s. It wasn't, you know, my 80s per se, but it was the 80s. It was something Mm -hmm. that everyone in that time frame in my high school shared. Everybody knew a guy who thought he was Spicoli. I never thought I was Spicoli. I wanted to be Damone until I realized that Damone was a dirtbag. But, you know, you don't recognize necessarily that Damone is a dirtbag when you're 14, 13 years old. Mm -hmm. So I can definitely see the, the cultural significance of it in that in many ways, it's more eighties than the real eighties. Yeah. Even though this is that, this is that turning point where it's still almost, Almost but not quite the seventies. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's going to, it's going to be fascinating. You know, we've mentioned about this other podcast that we're working for our members only section. It'd be interesting then to look at um, it'd be interesting to look at American Pie in that mm-hmm. in that um, other show just to kind of uh, talk about it, because I don't I mean, it's I mean, I think there's some cultural significance to American Pie, but right. I don't think it's I don't think it ranks up there. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, right. I don't think it ranks up there with Fast Times or Breakfast Club as far as that coming of age movie.
3: Uh, you mean as I, far as quality? Yeah. I'd say I'd say American Pie is, um, you know, shot for shot, uh, you know, as good of a, of a movie as Fast Times. Okay. Honestly, I think that at any time that you like, if you're a, a child of the 80s, Fast Times is going to be a lot more relevant to you. If you're a child of the 90s, American Pie is going to be a lot more. You know, I don't know. Can't hardly wait. Who yeah. cares?
1: Yeah. Um, well, that's why I think when we look. It, it, if we look at it, and I think we probably will look at it in another podcast series, mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting to sit down and just walk walk through it as we're what, watching.
3: What is, what is interesting about American Pie is that it was considered very raunchy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But there's like – if you compare the amount of nudity and the amount of time that we spent on basically boobs, I would say that it's a lot lower in American Pie. And I think a big okay. part of that is what you talked about earlier is that American Pie – was created post AIDS scare in a world that was still trying to move away or maybe not trying too hard to move away from that, what that created, which is this like sudden puritanical like mm-hmm. cleanliness surge of movies.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, and I, I don't, it's just something about the eighties in general that there was the conservative, uh, I don't want to say lash back, you know, it, it's, yeah. But there was a lot of mm-hmm. conservatives that, that jumped into films in the 90s. And I mean, by the time you end with Porky's and the Eddie Murphy Beverly Hills cop movies that have nudity, um, even, you know, Terminator with uh, Linda Hamilton there, you know, by the yeah. time you get past and you hit probably 88, 89, maybe it would coincide with a new change in leadership in the nation. Boom, you're hitting conservativeville. I mean, even though Reaganism oh, yeah. was, was going strong, I mean, by the time you hit Bush era, man, things dried up. And then all even, of a sudden, even
2: in the Reagan era, we had you know Edwin Meese and a huge expectation and condemnation of sexuality in the media, mm-hmm. and I think that that is a direct response to the end of the seventies and you know the the sexual revolution yeah, and yeah. the consequences of yeah, the eighties
1: being over now. Yeah.
2: But if you look at this movie as compared to American Pie, I think that American Pie has many of the same signposts. Oh, sure, sure. Oh, and yeah. it it
3: has many mm-hmm. of the same expectations
2: oh, yeah. and many we of those same laid. moments. It, yeah, it yeah.
3: practically has some of the same scenes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and many
2: of the same characters. If oh, you yeah. if you look at Stifler, Stifler is in many ways just a slightly more genre savvy Spicoli. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah. you know, not even necessarily as an homage, just sort of a Spicoli, the Spicoli, has become a character type. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll look, investigate that more in the future. It's but right true. now, boom, boom. Zach, mm-hmm. what are you going to take from Fast Times at Rich? Oh, I got to ask this question. Every week I ask this question. Yes. Did your girlfriend watch this with you?
0: Yeah, no, she didn't.
1: <laughs> Why not?
2: I didn't tell her I was watching it. Oh, okay. She's already seen this one. <laughs> yes, this is her personal favorite.
0: Somehow. I don't think so. Shouldn't, She's in love with Phoebe Cates. shouldn't Kate, believe me at way. all. So, she, uh, she has the same fascination with that scene as Matthew does. <laughs> hey, you can mock me all you want, but she was 19
2: and I was 14, and we had uh-huh. something very special. Uh-huh. Yes, that oh summer no, of I, I can imagine. Phoebe Cates helped me out of childhood and right into adultery, <laughs> let me tell you.
3: You know, the, it's it's interesting because I went back and watched this movie and i was like where do i know her from and why do i think of her as this like really neurotic person and then i was like oh gremlins yeah yep absolutely I and then forgot. my father climbed down the chimney and died exactly oh man right. I, and i love her character in gremlins yeah she just want to be like shut up <laughs>
1: Yeah, Cates oh. has been uh, kind of all over the place. Uh, remember, yes. remember in uh, what's her imaginary friend movie? Drop dead, drop dead, Fred. Right, said Fred. Right, said Fred. Yes, um, right, too sexy Fred. for the psychiatrist. Yes. Um, so Zach, <laughs> what are you taking away from Fast Times at Ridgemont High?
2: <laughs> it's funny because it's true. <laughs>
1: just going to let Matthew Giggle himself out. What uh,
2: That's okay. Good luck just... with that, mister. Okay. They've been trying to do that for five years. <laughs> I'm a real fan of the show.
0: <laughs> um, Go. What I'm going to take away from Fast Times is... Well, I mean, taking away that... We looked at the Cinematography, Stephen talked about that. Um, How they can still tell a... Convincing and engaging story by not really showing a whole lot and not getting tight and close until yeah you know special things are on screen and whatnot and being able to tell that can um, help especially if you're shooting tighter uh, tighter schedules quicker mm-hmm. quicker projects. I didn't
1: look and see what the shooting days were was on this, but I'm going to bet it was pretty it's short. Probably for
0: right? short. Yeah and. So, looking at how they did that and still being able to tell a convincing and engaging story is a big takeaway. And then and then editing around that and um, still making a quality film.
2: You know, it's really awesome, Zach.
0: What's that, Matthew?
2: When I was in high school, mm-hmm. CBS optioned this as a weekly TV show. Oh, I remember that. Oh, really? And uh, this is awesome. Damone was played by Dr. McDreamy.
0: From oh, Great
2: really? Yeah. Nice. Wow. I can't remember who played Stacy, but it was somebody famous ish hmm. or famous adjacent. Maybe somebody from uh, 90210 or something. Jenny Garth. I don't remember. My brain, you know, puts things together. But I wanted right. to share that with you because it had Mr. Hand in it and uh, Vincent Chevalier oh. as well, which is pretty awesome. Courtney
1: Thorne Smith played Stacy in the yes. television
2: show. Yes. Yes. From Ally McFeel. From uh, Melrose Place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The one who isn't Courtney Cox, I get them confused. Yes, exactly. Courtney Thorne-Cocksmith.
1: And Dean Cameron
2: is Jeff Spicoli. Dean Cameron? Yep. Aren't those the names of the boys from uh, Supernatural? No, those are the uh, ones from uh, Mbop. uh, Dean Cameron played Super. From Lois and Clark, Dean Cameron. Yes,
1: that that one. All right. um, I was being serious, jerk. (laughs) Okay. I'm trying it's, to think why I know
2: the name Dean Cameron and Stephen's all like, "Yes, fine, you're very funny."
3: <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta give that to Stephen. Usually, when you start with "wasn't that the," it's usually not meant to be serious. Oh, whose side he, are you? He long?
1: played uh, Dave in Ski School and Ski School too.
3: Oh, Ski School,
2: <laughs> Rodrigo! You joke. I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> I totally remember Ski School. <laughs> it was a good movie.
1: <laughs> man, I'm looking at the list of these movies and these are
3: yeah, I really I really wish that I had known about the movie Ski School back when I oh, could man. speak English you're, that well. You were talking so I could about, have called it Esquía ski school. Yes.
1: You're talking about uh you're talking you're about uh, raunchy teenage movies. Mm. Uh other movies that uh he's played in. Uh as far back as 2004, The Curse of the Hideous Gimp.
0: <gasps>
2: good lord. They made a movie about... No, that'd be too rude to finish that. Grade time, <laughs> Zach.
1: It's time for
0: your grades. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling very good on this one. What are you, on dope? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Rodrigo are still convinced everyone is on. (laughs) You know what?
1: You know, instead of comparison. And so this is the thing, you know, when you hit the end and they're showing you the uh, the flash of what happened. If you think about it, um, Animal House and Fast Times at Ridgemont High have more in common than Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Breakfast Club do. Oh, yeah.
3: yeah. In the terms
1: of how the story is told, the themes, the general overall themes of the story, um, editing, pace style, music. All of that, uh, there's a greater tie between those two. So I'm surprised, Zach, you didn't mention that at all. But yeah, Rodrigo, gosh. what grade are we giving Zach this week? Are you giving Zach this week?
3: I think that um, Zach maybe got a little bit too drawn into the the film, mostly because he has just been in high school and was very confused about why high school people were doing this, like surfing Um Zach has never heard of surfing
1: before. <laughs> he doesn't know who and Brooke think, Shields is. Yes,
3: he doesn't know who Brooke
1: Shields is. Probably has no idea who Van Halen is,
3: um, right? False. Um, oh, he loves uh, Sammy Hagar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I think that uh, I, I think that I, I'm not going to uh, not going to flunk him for the year on this one. But it it, it really seems that Zach wasn't uh, didn't have his analyzing hat on for this one.
1: <laughs> Matthew
2: I think he'll squeak by the thing about Bad. yeah the th- the thing about it is this is an engaging film on a very visceral level and you come out of this you know and you want to go way to go Hamilton you get that from this film so I can definitely see being you know kind of drawn into the, the Rococo and not remembering to take the time to associate plus i have also occasionally forgotten the deadline for the podcast and have no idea what i mean to say about the stuff so i'll give you c minus
1: i was also going to say c Uh. (laughs) minus now
2: from steven that's your lowest grade from me that's actually your highest grade yet Oh, so yeah, I'm yeah. just saying
1: yeah, right. she <laughs> has been getting F pluses for a while now. Jeez. <laughs> click. Oh, man. You know, I, so one more thing about this movie, thinking back about the uh, handing things out and getting grades um, so much. <laughs> I think there's so much humor that is lost on. Zach, for sure. And maybe Rodrigo. Because they've never Matthew had Smelled the pleasure it. of mimeograph sniffing.
0: I looked it
3: up. <laughs> I, actually, I actually I did because um, he grew up in the past. I did grow up in the past. Um, you know, at at any given point, Mexico is anywhere from oh, one right. to ten yeah. years <laughs> behind on things, So yeah, we did yeah. have mimeographs. Oh,
1: I just remember you get that wet stack, and if you got the wet stack as you're handing it back, that was a good
3: thing. Yeah, yeah but I, but but I did watch it's a really, this really good movie. stack, dude. I did watch this movie this week uh, with with my girlfriend, and I had to explain that to her.
0: Oh, really?
1: Okay.
3: All really?
0: Right. I, I saw that, and I was like, what the hell are they <laughs> <How> doing? <long laughs> is and family? then I, I looked it up. I looked it up today. I was like, that makes more sense. Oh, yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Good,
1: talking about good times, good times, good times. <laughs> good times! All right. So, um, I That's suppose... If someone wants to pick up uh, a copy of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, what should they do, Zach?
0: They should head on over to Majorspoilers.com, and right up there on the top of the page, they will see a clickable link to Amazon, and that will take them right to the site where they can do all their shopping, pick up a copy of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and analyze it better than I apparently did. And then a little bit of that money will come back to us while not charging you any extra at all. Or if people want to work ahead,
1: Matthew, next week, yeah, we're going to be taking and really spinning Zach's head around yes. with uh A-tune. No, Spike oh, Lee's. Spike Lee's oh. do the right thing.
2: Oh, that yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to be evil to the Zach.
1: (laughs) I don't know so much as evil as probably he's going to come in with a lot of questions.
2: Well, and that's cool. And that's fine. Some of us spent the 90s trying to find ourselves. Some of us spent the 90s pooping our diapers (laughs) <laughs> and,
1: <laughs> and then there was some Zach. of us like Stephen did both <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh man after I watched Do the Right Thing for the first time I remember getting that on VHS popping it in going holy cow what does this mean and yep. I had to watch it a couple yep. of times if for nothing else than Rosie Perez so next time well, Do the Right Thing
0: and in the near future and that's going to wrap it up for Zach on Film this week thanks for listening uh, to us talk about films and make sure to come back next week as we talk Spike Lee and more movies on Zack on Film.
3: I came from a low income family that was that were struggling. You see how hard life can get.
2: G.C. became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that